Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready, here, ready, here, ready, here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I have to do a shout out to Ryan Treasure, the VP of Operations and everything at Voice America Radio, my co-producer and the voice of that wonderful intro. I'm so excited about the show today for a couple of reasons. Number one, we're nearing the end of the year and everybody's busy and I'm so glad I was able to get some guests today. But aside from that, guess who they are? They're musicians. I started as a drummer about almost two years ago, and I have embraced live music and live music events. We know that COVID has changed the landscape of people being able to perform together in close environments. But today we're going to talk about something very near and dear to me, the future of drums, drummers, drumming, and music technology. So let me read a little bit of a quote here from moderndrummer.com. What an appropriate research resource for me. And then I'll have my three esteemed panelists analysts introduce themselves. So here's the quote. In its 100-year history, the drum set has been adorned by temple blocks, timpani, and bass drum heads with nature scenes painted on them. Okay, before my time. The introduction of the hi-hat, the roto-toms, the octobands. We'll find out what that means. Bass drums with no front heads at all. Never seen those. Entire drum sets would spin in the air, aided by powerful electronics and explode in size with the addition of bass drums, toms, snare drums, and enough cymbals to equip a large marching band. And my panelists know that's very true. So the article continues, so what of drumming's future? How will phrases like IoT, the Internet of Things, and Industry 4.0 change the way drummers interact with their environment? A basic understanding of electronic instruments, already a required part of a working drummer's vocabulary, I still do acoustic drumming, by the way, will surely become more ingrained in our skill sets or some as yet unknown drummer or technology, will it alter the game entirely? Thank you to moderndrummer.com. I have three musicians. One of them I know from my business shows for years. We're welcoming Kevin McCollum. Kevin, I'm so happy to hear he's got his drummer do-rag on. I love that. I hope I said it right. And his son, Brian McCollum. Brian, you can smile now. There you go. He's a drummer too and a musician friend of theirs. He's a guitarist, but he's here to talk about live music and bands and what he knows about drummers, especially these two, Lou. No pressure. It's Lou Wysocki. And I'm going to ask them for their take on Behind the Beat. I looked that up on drumming vocabulary, so it's a good one, Kevin. Behind the Beat, the future of drums, drummers, and music technology. Welcome again. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. So happy to be here. This is going to be a fun conversation. So, Kevin McCollum, you're the reason I'm doing this show because you were on my Financial Excellence with Game Changers business show a few weeks ago, and I learned all of a sudden, after years of speaking to you on high-tech finance topics, that you're a drummer for 50 years. So I don't want to give away your bio. Kevin, I'm putting you on speaker view so you'll be main main stage here on the video and why don't you introduce yourself as the musician who you are, not just a business person. <clears throat> Kevin McCollum, welcome. And I am not worthy. You are the host with the most, hostess <laughs> with the mostest. Um, yes. And it was equally a thrill for me to find out you're a drummer and quite a fine drummer as well too. Great Great touch on the drums, ghost notes, the whole thing. Really impressed. So uh, introduction, um, 
been playing drums for about 50 years now. Yeah, 50 years. That means I'm long in the tooth before I could even reach the kick pedal. And um, had the being from Motown, had the benefit of studying with a lot of great former Motown session people, uh, legends in the music industry in Detroit, and still a lot of music comes out of Detroit. Actually grew up behind, well, not grew up, but grew up visiting my grandmother who lived right behind West Grand Boulevard and could see through the backyard of Hitsville, USA, where the Motown studios were and used to watch artists, Marvin Gaye, uh, the Supremes, come in and out, not even knowing who they were, but knowing someday that our destinies would merge through music. Kevin, I, your background, when I read the music bio you sent me a few weeks ago, I was blown away, and you were kind enough to send me some videos of your playing, your drumming. You inspired me to rearrange my drum kit here in my home music room. You inspired me to move move the, let's see, the two rack toms. I lowered the floor tom. I tilted, and I moved the snare over so that I've just got a narrow channel to put my foot on the kick pedal, and it changed the way I drum. But you are very kind to say that my drumming is good. I've been doing it not even two years, and I sent you, I dared to send you, and, and I, I gripped my sticks, which are here. Our Ooh. audience doesn't see us on video, but I've got my drumsticks, and Kevin's got a fabulous drum background. And um, you were kind enough to watch some of my, my videos, and you said such nice things to me. I'm not a rudiments drummer. I'm a, I'm a music feeling. I call it inside the music. I play what I feel and what I hear, and it's pretty much in the pocket. So thank you, Kevin. I was very honored by your compliment, but it's not about me. It's about you. You're my guest. And Kevin, you've introduced me to Brian McCollum, your son, Brian, you and I just met about eight and a half minutes ago. Can't wait to hear your bio. So Brian, I'm putting you on full speaker view for the purpose of the video. And why don't you tell us who you are and what your relationship is to drumming and who is this guy down here in the corner? Do you know him? Go ahead, Brian. Yep. Uh, well, my dad invited me to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been drumming for about 25 years, although you said you couldn't believe it. Um, I'm, all, I'm 30 now, so ever since dad's been drumming, I had a drum set in my basement. I remember him uh, upgrading his first drum set and wondering what all these extra drum kits or drum drum toms were around the drums now as, you know, in your bio, it says, you know, all these drums are getting expanded and everything, all these double kick pedals and it was so fascinating. So I just went downstairs and picked up the drumsticks and dad never forced it on me. So actually my first show was probably about 11 years old and it was in the backyard of uh, the guitarist house and then went on to play Smoke on the Water for Ooh. my middle school my middle school uh, talent show, and Dad comes out and talking about technology. He he goes out. He brings out the drum triggers. He brings out the drum microphones. He brings out the PA. He brings out the fog machine. He brings out a whole set of strobe lights, colored lights, and I even think if I remember, Louie might have been there for one of one of these shows because we did three shows at night and three shows during the school day, um, and from there. Talk about living vicariously through your children, huh? <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Continue. So I, my thrill of playing shows had just grown from there as we try to shove dad's uh, 16 cymbal set and uh, five toms and 
double bass pedals all into the back of an SUV for every single show. He'd bring all the triggers, all the PAs, and pretty soon we were, uh, you know, selling out a show of a thousand people and recording EPs with uh, GarageBand on MacBook and Pro Tools, who's now recently been thrown out by uh, this program called Reaper that's $60 with brings you every tone known to man that's i think in my opinion better than uh pro tools and um mac and apple outweighing anything uh an actual pc could do on any of this um so i'm from the whole neil peart era on his aspect but then grew up listening to blink 182 and uh then becoming what you said you know i call it a jammer not a practitioner Mm-hmm. I, he gave me a, a beat set of headphones one day and I, I asked him, Hey, so can I play drums to these? And he goes, why not? Mm-hmm. So I go down there and three hours later I come up dripping in sweat and he goes, how'd it work? I go, so how do I look? <laughs> look, it work fine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I never learned how to read music until actually just recently when Dad whips out a notepad and has to hum each beat to me. And uh, from, you know, from all that, I just kind of kind of just learned as I went. YouTube has been a big thing. I'm a visual learner. Yep. It's always been around since I was around. Even if you had VHSs coming out of Mike Portnoy putting out all of his playthroughs on drums and even VHSs, you can now get learnings and teachings from all your best uh, musicians via Zoom. And if they have a fan base, they'll uh, certainly allow, allow you to pay for them to teach you. Absolutely fascinating. Something you said, Brian, that really grabbed me. You said when you were 11, you played Smoke on the Water. Now, mm-hmm. I know the intro to that is very, very, what is it, 16th, 32nd, well, I had a, a friend who builds guitars, a, a retired gentleman from New York, I'm from New York, who builds guitars, came to my house and we taped an episode of my TV show before COVID, and he brought four or five of his guitars, these gorgeous guitars that he custom finishes. Lou, you would you would love his stuff. I can uh, show you some of his stuff. And um, and he wanted to, he was going to do an open mic. I'm getting an echo on somebody's mic here. I don't know who's. And he was going to do Smoke on the Water at an open mic with a small band he belonged to. And he we went in my drum room, my music room. I said, just for the heck of it, for the TV show, let's do a little bit of it. And I'm doing this fast. At this point, I've been playing drums for about nine months. And I start to do Smoke on the Water and we recorded it. And I played it for my drum teacher. He said, no, you weren't fast enough. You were missing him. So if you were doing that at 11, Brian, you have my, I'm bowing down, kid. I hope I can call you kid. That was, mm-hmm. wow, that's yeah. that's some song. And and I do take lessons at, at a place. I go every Saturday. I try Zoom lessons, didn't work because it was the, 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 dis, the disconnect of him drumming. I was recording everything and playing three hits and saying, okay, and watching the lessons. That's not what I wanted. So we're back masks separated everything Mm -hmm. i go every week but i did try rudiments lessons with somebody else who's a working drummer and didn't really grab me i'm i'm just happy doing the you know i walk into a place and people say oh she's there oh you're in the pocket we can't wait to hear you play and i say you're talking to me you're talking to me so oh wonderful thank you brian love love the background and intro i want to make sure we get lou lou in here lou you've been so patient and you've been so nice and lou you're not a drummer but 
Kevin invited you, you're okay with me. So, Lou Waisaki, introduce yourself to the audience, please. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Lou. I, um, I grew up, I'm still in the same place, still in North Detroit. Um, actually, about a half. Uh, and uh, so that the, the roots go back there. Actually, my sister even used to date his bass player back in the mid '60s. So um, we missed. We miss, Did did we miss who who you said? Yeah, we missed it. You froze for for a second there, Lou. Repeat who who whose sister did you date? Who are we talking about? Yeah. No, my uh, my sister. I uh, was saying I lived uh, I boyhood home. So if you remember that Ted Nugent guy, but uh, um. Am I coming through okay? Yeah, you're, it's spotty. Your, your, your bandwidth is kind of choppy. But go ahead, talk a little more. If worst case, what we'll do is we'll switch you over to the phone and we'll pick you up in a minute. So talk a little more. And if it's bad, we will, you'll call the engineer and he'll put you through. Okay, so keep talking. Okay. All right. So, yeah, and, um, I've just been a lifelong Detroiter. And even though I've I'm never played drums professionally, I've Usually the band's practicing at my house, so whether it was Kevin's drum set or another drummer, you know, it'd always be drums down there. So I was always playing with them when they weren't there, you know. <laughs> so I got my share of, uh, of drumming in. I I can keep a beat pretty good. Um, I you know sometimes uh, fill in at church if they need a drummer or whatever. There's no one else. I, I can keep a beat. Um, uh, kick snare hi hat I'm good don't, don't ask for any symbols or fills or anything but he's the bottom he's the bass man he's the bottom without him I'm nothing I and I didn't know that Lou was a was an honorary quasi drummer you didn't tell me that <laughs> my goodness Lou you didn't tell me that at all so Lou talk a little more tell us a little bit more about what kind of music do you play what do you love I'm going to well, gallery view go ahead I've, I'm, I'm a, I'm a boomer, you know, I grew up uh, with, with rock and roll and it'll always be with rock and roll, but of course I've always, but I, I've, I've also been in, you know, choirs and things all my life, you know, all through school and church and everything. And, and I even, I must say, I even had the pleasure of playing timpani and singing hallelujah chorus simultaneously. So wow. I can use as, um, and maybe it wasn't perfect. But it was pretty close. So, um, well, you you know something, Lou. I'm I'm of the opinion that if music doesn't have to be perfect, but if it's pretty close and you're feeling it, am I right, Kevin and Brian? If you're feeling it, if you're there, yeah, yeah. if you're in the room with the music, it's going to be good. If you're feeling it, I I know drummers here, people I've met along the way who play by the book. Every song is rehearsed down to the note and down to exactly what was on the original. And that's how they play. And they're just banging out those drums. I'm saying, wow, they're really good. And I get up and I play what I hear, what I feel. And people are clapping. They're dancing. The, the guitar players are saying, let's do five more choruses. And I say, I think I'm doing something right. So it's a different, it's a different approach. It's, I, I call it being inside the music. That's just the word, the, the phrase I made up. And I think you all agree that Making music is what we're all about, right? It's not mm -hmm. about Absolutely. repeating. Kevin, yeah. isn't that the truth? Yeah. And Absolutely. It's about the feel. It's about the feel. Yeah. And you have to have a feeling for music. And by the way, who was it who mentioned about packing how much, Brian, into the SUV? You got to be oh. kidding me. I have to use a friend's pickup truck, his truck. Well, it's a, it's a, a, a you know, one of those special editions. We have to put my drums. I bought a, a smaller traveling 
bass drum, a 20 inch, and it, I bought a yeah. case and we load all of the stands into a, a big bag that has wheels on it that has completely come apart at the seams. The PVC rods on the bottom are sticking out of the mm-hmm. fabric. I, it's, it's destroyed. The stands are so heavy. Now I'm a boomer, Lou, and I don't know where Kevin sits. I know Brian's a baby, but we have to lift this stuff. I put the throne in. We put, we, it's all orchestrated. I put the, the Tom, the two t- rack toms into a suitcase, a rolling suitcase, and put symbols on top. I put the snare in another rolling suitcase, regular suitcases, and put the the kick pedal in and the and the stand where the rack toms go on into that. And we have to arrange everything in a certain order in the back of the truck in order to be able mm-hmm. to get everything in. And if we yeah. want anything extra, like my floor tom or some extra symbols, I might end up putting stuff in my sports car. And we, our clubhouse is eight blocks away, so it's not a big schlep. But the point is that <laughs> just getting that small kit with four symbols, with my chime stand, I have a wood block and a, a wood block and a cowbell attached to one of my one of my. It's a double boom stand for the symbols, and it's a schlep, and it's work, and it's it's twenty minutes to tear down and. 15 minutes to pack and get it in the truck. Two of us lifting this stuff. We shouldn't be lifting this. I didn't say at our age. I just said we shouldn't be lifting it. Don't don't think that. And then we have to put it on a moving cart at the clubhouse and we have to roll it into the to the building. And then we have to figure out where it's going to go based on the other musicians. And then we have to take everything out of the bags. And I, I'm not, I'm speak, preaching to the choir, right, Kevin? Enter enter the, no. the Rick Murata hip gig kit, which is showing on my screen mm-hmm. right behind me. That all Every bit of those drums and cymbals and traps and, and stands fit into the throne and you carry it like a suitcase, the entire kit. What? Now, br- now bring up your ideal of the rack that you have <laughs> and how it, uh, it will compact down and your I methodology behind carrying cymbals and not touching your I fingerprints. Can. Yeah, I'll, yeah. See if I can, I'll see if I can get into that, but this is the mm-hmm. hip gig kit. And even Lou, so Lou sells himself short, one of the finest musicians in the city of Detroit, playing with a sensational band, the Clatter and the Flight Band, both from Detroit. Um, his drummer actually had his own version of a hip gig kit where the shells on the toms and the shells on the bass were gone. And it was, and the whole set just folded up into a small, thin piece. Now, you might say, well, that you lose the sound if you don't get the vibration from mm-hmm. the resonance from the toms, but he sounded phenomenal. So there's ways, Bonnie. The hip gig kit, the the folding collapsible shellless toms. Drummers are dr- drummers who are gigging constantly. They have that. They, they've got yep. this sorted. I, I need you, to consult with you on that. Go ahead, Brian. And you can see his drummer when he's playing live. He'll start playing with one hand and he'll take the other hand over the side and EQ himself live just to keep getting that resonance. It's kind of incredible how he does that. It, I'm learning a lot already. My big and challenge. Gonna, go ahead, Kevin. I'm going to give a shout out to Dennis Zavis, who's the drummer for the Clatter. Phenomenal. And Vic Spicer, who's the drummer for Flight Band. They are absolutely phenomenal drummers and some of the best in the city of Detroit. And, uh, and, 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 form great rhythm sections with Lou. So I had the pleasure to be be in the same rhythm section with Lou for a while. But again, without the bass, we're lost. 
Well, that's that's an interesting comment. I had two guitar. I formed a band this year. We're going to get to the quotes and the predictions in a minute. Mm-hmm. I hope the audience is enjoying this. I feel like I'm talking to three of my new best friends, <laughs> old old new best friends. Who I know Kevin, but Brian and Lou, I just met you. Now it's 14 minutes ago, 22 minutes ago. But what's interesting is uh, I started a band. I like I enjoy Latin music. I'm a dancer from way back ballroom. I taught ballroom. I taught disco. Yeah, line dances and hustle and cha cha and all that good stuff. Back in that thousands of students in Oregon and you. Gene, actually, way, way before we were doing any of this tech stuff. And uh, I, I found a singer here who plays, uh, he plays quadro, he plays bongos, congas, trumpet, and he's a fabulous singer, native Puerto Rico, retired physician, lives in my community, and I formed a band around him, and it's called Red's Hot Mango. And I wanted to name it something to do with salsa. And the guy said, oh, salsa something to eat on crackers. You can't do that. And I said, well, I need something else. Somebody said, well, what about mango salsa? And I just said, okay, we'll call it red mango because there is such a thing. And then I said, wait a minute, I'm red. So it's red's hot mango. And that's what we call the band. But my guitar players dropped out because they'd rather play rock and roll and, and uh, reggae. And they didn't want to play that music. So that left us with me and the singer slash conga player and a bass player. And we all wanted to continue. So my brainy idea, which is turning out to be a challenge, was to play over tracks. So we go out and we pick fabulous, like 14 really cool Latin, not Oyo Como Va and La Bamba. We did that already. Stuff that people don't really know, but that you can, there's a, a Spanish version of Lambada. There are versions Black of Magic things. Black Magic Woman, you we laid did. down an incredible groove on Black Magic Woman. Thank you. Thank you. Loved well, we're, that's not our new set, but I think we're going to put it back. So the challenge now is that when you play over tracks and we don't have a professional sound guy, we have an audio engineer, but he's not a music guy. The problem is, or the challenge is, how do you make sure the drums and the bass don't overpower the track and the singer? Because we're playing in a medium-sized room. So our next challenge is I'm bringing in people who are musicians. One woman here runs the choir with 55 voices, and I'm asking her to come in and do a sound check a couple weeks before we play so that she can hear the acoustics, because she her choir goes in that room too. The acoustics, which are horrible, and help us figure out how to adjust. They keep telling me, play the drums softer. <laughs> I said, it's drums. <laughs> it's it's drums. It's it's drums. It's it's a stick. You hit something with it. It's it's drums. Well, they say just tap on the side and make a little noise on the rim. And I said, no, I'm going to do my rim shots. I'm keeping the beat. No, you got to play softer. I said, well, why am I here? And it's my band. So that's our yeah. challenge: yeah. is to regulate and not be told all we hear are the drums and the bass, which we, we love what we do, but we have to now figure out how to blend. But that's another topic for another show. So let's go to that. You all work very hard, especially Lou, who is late to join the show, late to be invited. And Lou, we're so happy that you're here. I'm really into, I have to tell everybody, these are such good looking guys. They all, they're breathing goodwill for music. But Lou, you have a smile that would light up a room. I don't know what it is about you. There's something about that smile that just, before you even pick up the guitar, I'm getting personal here. I think people are probably saying, he looks, he's just a nice guy. Lou, are you a nice guy? I try to be. I try to be. <laughs> Well, your smile precedes you. So there you go. I hope you, hope you don't mind my comment there. So let's go to the quotes. I've asked my guests, as usual, to bring me a quote from a movie or a song that has nothing to do on the surface with the topic, which is the future of drums, drummers, drumming, and music technology. Hello. And uh, if you're just tuning in, that's what we're talking about, music. It's like an insider's view of how musicians work, and I'm honored to be in company of such great people here. So Kevin McCollum has sent us a quote from Robbie Hart, played by Adam Sandler in The Wedding Singer. 
singer in 1998 American romantic comedy film. And I'm just going to leave it there. Here is the quote. Kevin's going to take about two minutes to explain what the quote has to do with our topic in his own words. So I'll make you smile when you are sad. Kevin, you're up. Talk. Well, The Wedding Singer, a classic, uh, a classic story about musicians, right? Um, I think I read a quote somewhere um, on, it, it might have been in response to that particular quote, and it said, you know, I had to decide between music and money because I couldn't do both, so I gave up money, and now I'm a musician for the rest of my life. Now, the flip side to that is, Bonnie, how do you get rid of the drummer on your porch? You pay him for the pizza he delivered. So, at any rate, <laughs> Robbie, the wedding, <laughs> Robbie, the wedding singer, is singing to Drew Barrymore um, as she's sad, and um, he's trying to cheer her up. And what that says about our topic is we have, through the music and through the technology of music, even the ancient technology of music of just hitting a wood block, you know, in a circle around a fire 60,000 years ago, we have the ability to tap into people's central nervous systems and trigger their feelings and make them mm-hmm. happy when they feel sad. It's giving that joy. It's what we give on the stage through the music that means everything to me. It's all from the Absolutely. heart. You know, yeah. So by all means, that's that's where I'm coming from. It's all about Thank the Thank you. That was lovely. And I will tell you that I was running my own open mic here before COVID in, in a, what's an exercise room with mirrors on, on one long wall uh, for, my, for residents in the, in the community. And I'd have them send me three songs in advance if they were guitar players. I'd have them send me the chords or the PDF, that whatever it was. And I'd share it with everybody. And I would make a list. Sometimes we went in with 25 to 30 songs. We, would, we could cover 30 songs in two hours. We had a drop-in audience. I had guitar players. I had somebody on a keyboard. I brought my whole drum kit. Uh, We had a couple of singers and audience dropped in. Sometimes we got up to 40 people. A lot of them had been doing their Friday night, tipping back the bottle of the glass, and they were very happy people. And I told them, we may sing and play off key, and you're entitled to dance, clap, snap, and tap off key, and we'll all be very – that was a joke, everybody, because I was the (laughs) MC. And we could cover 24 to 30 songs in two hours. And I will tell you – the reason I'm telling you this is that my musicians, some of them were pretty good, some of them were very good, and some of them were almost really beginners – but they wanted to play with people. So we formed these little ad hoc groups of bands. And some people said, don't play with me. I don't want, okay, that's fine. I said, can I just hit a rim shot? No, 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 we don't want any drums. We don't want any bad, just two people playing their sad song. That's fine, whatever they wanted. And I had to organize it. So everybody got a turn and everybody had at least three songs. And and I was emceeing the whole thing. I had my list and checking it off, blah, blah. And people told me it was the most fun Kevin, they had had since they moved here. We've got something like 150 clubs in this community. They said this is the most fun they've had just coming and playing music, not rehearsed, not performed, just playing at this Un, unstructured, but structured, if you know what I mean. We, did, we didn't have, okay, we're going to all go rehearse for three weeks. No, just coming and playing their music. 
I knew what they were going to play. Every We handed out sheet music to people if they wanted it. And I told the audience, don't talk on your phone, but you can pick up the lyrics. We had the audience singing along lyrics to all of these songs. And I picked a theme. One night was was uh, car song night. And one song was love song night. And one song was British invasion night. And one song was traveling songs one night. And I picked the theme and we did it twice a month. Can you believe this? In my spare time, Kevin, in addition to my job, twice a month we did this and schlepped everything there, and it was a blast. And I miss that camaraderie because our club, that room in the clubhouse, has not been opened again, and for for distancing reasons. Although it's a big room, anyway. I digress. Let's go to the quote from Brian McCollum. Brian has sent us a really, really cool quote. Speaking of pizza delivery, Kevin, your son has picked a quote from ex-delivery boy Eddie in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, 1975 musical <laughs> comedy horror film. And did you know it's still in limited release after 45 years, Brian? Way older than oh, you. Yeah. It's the, the oh, longest yeah. running theatrical release in film history. And here is, and Meatloaf is still around. Here is, and by the way, his full name was Marvin Lee Aday, A-D-A-Y, known as Meatloaf. He's been in over 50 movies and TV shows. And here's a quote. Hot patootie, bless my soul. I really love that rock and roll. I hope I did that okay. Brian, oh, yeah. how'd you find this quote? Talk to me. Well, I grew up with this quote. And speaking about Meatloaf still being around, uh, my mom's birthday was uh, last couple weeks ago. And my wife and I put together this video collage of um, you know just a bunch of people wishing her happy birthday. And we spent a lot of time and effort on it. And at the very end, Meatloaf had sent her a 25-minute long video wishing her a happy birthday. And he divulged the way in which he got the name Meatloaf. And he was always so young and chunky. And they always called him Meat. And one day he was on the football field and he stepped on somebody's foot. And he said, come on, get that big loaf off my foot. And then his buddy looks at him and says, Meat. Loaf, meatloaf, meatloaf, you're meatloaf. <laughs> so I grew up listening about the same time I started uh, learning to play drums. My mom dancing around, uh, singing that song, watching his movies. And I wondered why everybody was uh, dressing the way they did. And my dad called himself Dr. Frankenfurter one day. And it was uh, all history from there. I, I really love that rock and roll, but, uh, there's definitely a backstory to Meatloaf. He's somebody that's actually near and dear to our family now because, uh, yeah, he's he's one heck of a guy. And he's goes up now, and even in the clubs that are still open, he'll just walk in, he says, and do stand-up comedy. And he'll just command that stage. Um, kind of feels like me back in the day, you know, with the live music. You said you got to play with feeling. If back when I was 16 I could stand on my drums at the end of a set and dive into him like a Keith Moon, then... And sure, live music is definitely something you feel with that soul. And I really love that rock and roll. Thank you. Love the quote. Thank you, Brian. And thank you for the backstory about Meatloaf, the front story, actually. Appreciate that. Let's go to Lou's quote. Lou, you're up next. And Lou has sent us a quote from, where is my quote? Here. Oh, my goodness. What did I do with your quote? This is from, um, let me see. This is from Nigel Tufnell explaining what made his guitar playing innovative, played by Christopher Guest in the cult classic Rob Reiner mockumentary about aging rockers. This is Spinal Tap. And here's the quote. The numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board, 11, 11, 11. It's not 10. Other blokes are playing on 10. Where do you go from there? Help me out with this. Very interesting. Lou, spinal, the spinal tap. Talk to me. 
Oh, talking about with feeling, you know, you, you, you're talking about playing, so having to, trying to play soft, you know, on your drums and stuff. And that's, that's the thing there's, and reaching out to people, sometimes people want to hear a certain song, a certain song might make them smile or whatever, uh, make them happy. But there's sometimes when you just have to just take it up to 11 and just blow them through the back wall. And sometimes that's what you need. I've had times in my life where I was just so, you know, you get so frustrated and you know, up to here with, with life. And, and sometimes you just need the music to just come and just, just blast you in the face, you know, like the slam dancers in the mosh pit, you know, it's just, you just want to have that, that music, just, you want to feel it thumping on your chest and, and uh, you know, not just lilting in your ears or whatever. So, but, um, but it's all about, all about the, the emotion and, um, and going to what you guys were talking about, making people smile and everything. Uh, I've had so many, so many gigs we played. I, I've, I've always said I, I get paid to move equipment. The music is is just you know something I enjoy, and the best part is when you have an audience, especially like say a dance floor full of people, and you're just watching them like said singing along with the songs, and um, and they're just taking them back. Um, you know, if we're if we're playing like you know say classic rock covers, and they're just going back into their their past and remembering just wonderful memories and they're beaming their faces are beaming and they're just sometimes almost crying from the memories that are being drawn out of them by by playing these songs and and it's 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 just the most wonderful experience the the best part of the this whole whole business thank you very much lou and when i'm thinking kevin reflecting back to your quote music makes us cry too and music puts us in different moods, doesn't it? There are certain songs I remember that I can still ask Alexa. I have to say very quietly or she'll start playing. Um, she, she hears everything. We know that. She probably records everything, too. If you ask her to play certain songs, sometimes I will start crying because I remember either where I was or what the song meant at the time. It was just a sad song. Uh, there are some blues songs and jazz songs and wonderful oldies and classics that just make you cry. I have a quick question around the table here. This is mostly for Kevin and Brian. Ryan, electronic drums. Love them, hate them, leave them, push them aside, them. ever use them. Uh, Brian, let me start with you on this one, just very briefly. Uh, yeah, I love them, yes. Um, well, when I went off to college at Central Michigan University, there was I was living in an apartment, and there was mm-hmm. you know nothing around but the apartment full of college students, and I get they want to blast their music late at night, but I still early rose, and... I played early in the day, and the way I would get through that was an electronic drum kit. And then moving into a house after college, it was like my neighbors didn't want to hear all that because we were close, and I got an electronic drum kit. Now I'm playing an Alicia's uh, uh, Alicia's Crimson 2 kit, I think it is, and it's probably a good $1,700 for the kit. But they're all mesh, which means that if you hit it hard, it'll pick up a hard frequency. If you hit it soft, it'll pick up ghost notes. If you hit the rim of the drum, it'll pick up the rim. You can add cymbals. You can add uh, different effects. You can play reggae-style drums. You can play acoustic preset drums. And the easiest way to record is open GarageBand. You plug in a MIDI USB cable, and you press record, and you can put in guitars over that you can do the whole nine yards i love it it's the 
it's sometimes even better than an acoustic kit, but you still, it's not the same feel, but yes. after a while you get used to it. And like I said, the mesh is what really makes it happen nowadays. Back in the day when I was in college, it was just, you hit it and it's one frequency. But now they got these mesh kits and just, you can hear ghost notes all the way up to high, high velocity hittings. Thank you. Very interesting. Kevin, what's your thought on electronic drums? Nothing compares to playing something like what's on uh, on the screen behind me, which is not my rig. That wow. is, um, Bonnie, are you from Long Island? No, I'm from Long Island. Okay, same place. <laughs> <laughs> but probably one of the world's finest drummers, Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater. That is his rig. He calls the monster. And uh, nothing compares to playing a kit like that, but one of the most impressive drum displays I've ever seen was on the Johnny Carson show when Buddy Rich played a kitchen chair and made it sound like full drum orchestration. And I will tell you what, if you've got the feel, and that's the most important thing, you've got an ear and it helps to have some chops. Electronic drums are great and have a place in the world, just as Brian said. So I'm an acoustic guy, but love electronic drums too. Well, I grew up. I grew up in your monster kit, and uh, it was just as big as Mike Portnoy's, I'd say. But you got to say his midis behind him, and same as Neil Peart. Neil Peart had a whole set of midis. He'd play on uh, Spirit of the Radio. There you go. So, you know what, gentlemen? We have about sixteen minutes left to the show, and I want to do some of your predictions because you all put some effort into these. So, why don't we make these into? 90 seconds, two minutes long. Um, let me just, I'm going to pick one from each of you. I'm just going to go down the list. And if, if it's a repeat, we'll just move to the next one. So Kevin McCollum, prediction number one. In the next decade, we will see droves of new skilled drummers innovating new styles, new sounds, new musicality, and new techniques more than ever before. Kevin, you're up. 90 seconds. What does this all mean to us? Yeah, and the rationale behind that is simply that we're all connected now, right? We can all... Um, listen to different styles of music, whether it's from uh, listening to um, Africa beat, African beat music, listening to uh, Latin American bembe. I'll give you an example of a band that if you don't like heavy metal, but you love Latin, mm -hmm. or if you don't like Latin, but you love heavy metal, mm -hmm. listen to a Puerto Rican band named Puya. They play heavy metal salsa. And those styles didn't come together because they were sitting in a room practicing from a, from a written book or practicing their rudiments, came from the ability through the internet, through connective technologies to take lessons from, from you know, over the internet. I'm a fan, I'm a huge fan. If I can take a lesson from Dave Weckl over the internet, my God, I'm gonna do it. But, um, and they were able to pick up heavy metal music through numerous venues and marry it with their heartfelt salsa. So, Puya, I recommend them. And I'm not doing a commercial for them because they're not active anymore, but that's an example of the mashup that's going to become drumming. I'll find them. Thank you very much. Brian McCollum, prediction number one. This is along the same idea, but covering a, another set of bases. Collaborative technologies have and will continue to open up the music industry, creating new micro genres, new labels, and new fan bases. Brian, why don't you take about 90 seconds because we're tight on time here and tell us what does this mean? Well, uh, me and my buddy are actually uh, 
about nine songs into creating our EP, and we have never been in a room together to create the music. We send music via Dropbox and use multiple different platforms, and our music is a title called Easy Core, which is a mixture of metal, melodic metal, pop punk, pop rock, and regular rock. So there's a mixture of screaming, singing, and all different sorts of keys. And it's going to be streamed on Spotify, iTunes, all of it reaching different forms of fan bases. So, you know, collaborative technologies, Zoom, uh, Dropbox, making micro genres like ours, um, creating our own label because I'm designing our own website and our own fan bases will be created through different streaming platforms. Fascinating. Thank you. And it's not Sam Smith. Who's, who's the guy? I get him confused. The, the other guy who started his whole music fan base by posting what it was it on Spotify a couple of years ago and then labels wanted to pick him. Who am I thinking of? Not Sam Smith. Um, not Kim, Redhead. Not, Red, Redhead. With the Ed, Sheeran. Uh, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Thank you. I think Ed Sheeran started uh, promoting his own music. He marketed it and everybody took notice. He had a huge fan base before he even was associated with anything we yeah. used to call a label. And that's, it's like publish, right? Book publishers, publish on demand, publish, self-published. And sometimes they don't want to be picked up by a publishing house label. They want to do it on their own and they're wildly successful. Lou, I'm looking at your number one prediction here. This is interesting. You say, Lou says, I'm quoting Lou. I'm a back to basics purist when it comes to music i believe we'll see a return to traditional instruments and performance with upgraded recording technology improving the end product but not altering the core music and performance lou this is fascinating talk to me lou well yeah i think that where i see a lot of good things about technology i see a lot of bad things about technology too and not, not necessarily bad but it's I think I just see music losing a lot of life. Nobody here in, in particular, but I'm just saying uh, where, where they, where there, you don't have enough, there's, it's losing a lot of the feeling, I think, from everyone being separated. And, and, and of course now with the COVID thing and the lockdown and every, everything's online, everything's zoom. And, and I think there's just going to be a, a, just a, like, kind of like going back to vinyl. Vinyl is becoming hugely popular again. Yes even though it's an old technology, but there's something about it. But I think there's gonna, you're going to see more uh, people getting back to, uh, you know, be in the same room, you know, on the same stage, you know, um, performing, you know, together, feeling the music and um, and a lack of, of, I, th- I see a lack of real skilled um, players out there because everything is so uh, supplemented by technology, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, you know, who are the great guitar players anymore? You know, there are, there aren't, there really aren't even, you know, and the drummers, it's like, well, just push the button and the computer plays it for you. So why do you need to be good? Mm-hmm. Um, you need, you need to be good. You need to, you need to feel it. You need to bring the music. That That's what I miss. That's what I miss terribly. It's nice to play with my own band, but I loved going to these open mics because I never knew who was going to be there. If Shredder yeah. was there, uh, I would yeah. invite them. I would say, Shredder, come on up, play with my songs, even if he hadn't unpacked his guitar. Shredder, come that's up. How, or I would, 
It was it was wonderful. I could put together my own ad hoc band, my mix. I'd say, hey, I remember you, Darren, from last week. Why don't you come up? And Jody, why don't you sing? I was recruiting band members right out of the audience, right out of the group. And that collaboration, we're talking about collaboration with Brian and with Kevin, and back to the real music, Lou, and there were no great mixers going. It was just people playing music and having a blast. It was great. I'm going to go to Kevin's prediction number three because I like it. And this is a little more technical. Kevin says, drum recording, near and dear to me, drum recording, miking, triggering, equalizing, still the hardest task for drummers and sound people. Here's a prediction. will become better and easier so you will hear the intricacies of a drummer's musical contribution. If only. <laughs> go ahead, Kevin. Talk to me. How far off is all of this? It's a bit of a rant, and but it's but it's it's valid. Um, drummer, a perfect example. A drummer, David Garibaldi, one of the finest drummers in the world, and a funk master. Listen to the Tower of Power's greatest hits. Stream it on Spotify, and you will hear ghost stroking and and and, and just incredible um, coloring of the music. You see them live, and unfortunately. Because either the sound, you know, when you're miking guitars and you're miking um, basses, not not saying that's not a tough act, that, mm-hmm. that you know that, that's not a tough task, but think of everything you have to do to mic an acoustic drum set. There's no direct connect through through pickups and whatnot, and drummers who don't think about their sound and don't focus on that waste seventy five percent. Of the of the of their effort of playing because no one hears it. Perfect example, and then I'll shut up. Amazing drummer Ainsley Dunbar was he was the drummer. He was such a great session musician. He recorded the drums on Can't Explain. Okay, so he he's he's the session guy who recorded the drummers drums on Can't Explain, if I remember correctly. Fast forward to um, his rock and roll history. He spent time in Journey, Jefferson Starship. His drums never sounded good. I never really, in any of his recordings or even live performances, I loved Ainsley, but I could never hear what he was playing. And I, I lay that on his drum techs, and I lay that on the lack of technology. Today, I can go sit in the back of a outdoor amphitheater, and I can hear ghost stroking and hi-hat ticks um, because of the advance in sound miking and recording technology. Thank you. And I had to look up this song, Kevin, while we while you were speaking, and I found it. It's by The Who. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics are, got a feeling inside, can't explain. It's a certain kind, can't explain. I feel hot and cold, can't explain. Yeah, down in my soul, yeah, can't explain. I said, can't explain. I'm feeling good now, yeah, but can't explain. I've never heard of it. I have to go listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Thank oh. you for the reference. I, sure. I'm sorry, Lou. I've, I've led a sheltered yeah, life. No. What can I tell you? <laughs> then listen to Wheel in the Sky by Journey, and that's also Ainsley Dunbar. Okay, I will. Now, let's go to Brian. I want to do prediction number four. This is interesting. Brian predicts. Everybody listen up. You heard it here first. KISS will do a 30th farewell tour immediately after the pandemic, and there's hope and optimism in your even saying mm-hmm. After the pandemic and immediately sounds like there's going to be a day when it's gone. And I like that. So, Brian, why don't you give us a very brief prediction? I'll pick one more from Lou and I think we're going to have to wrap. Brian, 60 seconds. Go. 
Well, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself when I was making that, uh, how many farewell tours do you think Kiss has actually, <laughs> actually done to this point? That's really what I was kind of predicting. Um, and then the second thing in my head is if, he's, if they're still having to wear masks on stage that go with the flow of their makeup, how is Gene Simmons going to be able to get his tongue to do the thing that he does live with the mask going on? They're going to have to make a special form of mask for him. But... Um, yeah, when I saw them live, um, I'll go to every farewell tour they do because the technology they use to play live, shooting fireworks out of their guitars and the drummer just completely singing along to the music when you don't know he's singing because he's got a microphone. And that's one of the technology advances that we have to uh, drummers is that it's so easy to sing being a drummer nowadays and be a backup singer or even sometimes a lead singer. And that's one thing I learned with KISS is uh, they're innovators in putting on a live show. Thank you. Very interesting. I have tried singing even choruses to some of our Latin music while drumming. It ain't easy because the voice is doing one thing and the brain is saying, sing. Here's where you sing. Here's the note. Okay. And the sticks are saying, okay, what do you want me to do? And the hands are saying, I don't know. I'm playing with the, I'm singing the song up here. You want me to do this too? It's, it's not easy. But I've seen drummers at these open mics bring a special boom mic that they put yeah. off of a mic next to them so he can actually play and not have to move over to sing. It just yeah. Blew me away. He was he was the uh, lead singer on, on a small band. Yeah. Lou, one more prediction. We got four minutes left here. Re, Lou says remastering technologies properly used will expose hidden gems in classic recordings from every era, delivering the listening experience artists originally intended but didn't have the technology to deliver at the time. Lou, why don't you take just ninety seconds? We're really tight here, but I'd love to hear your take. Go ahead, yeah. Lou. You know, Kevin and I were were discussing you know this too, and you know we were talking about the remastering, and and that's that's the one thing. It's like some where they take some some old you know album and redo it completely. No, then you lose the feel. But but it's the but like for instance when they re when they put Sergeant Pepper on um, on C, you know, uh, for the first time, and it was just everything that you could hear that that really wasn't for all the the detail and you know all the everything going on that you, you missed even, you know, you know, cause not everybody had, you know, the mo- the utmost uh, stereo systems back in that day or whatever. But uh, when they did that, they didn't really change anything. They just brought everything up to the surface so you could hear it. And it was just wonderful. And I'd like to, you know, I hope to, to see more of that. So you can just appreciate, you know, remaster more of the old, old songs, which are great, but uh, just to get more out of them through technology. Thank or, or you, Nat, Lou. Kevin, go Nat ahead. King, yeah, or Nat King Cole singing singing a duet with Natalie. Yes. Yeah. Or, or was that beautiful? Lisa, Lisa Presley and Elvis. Uh, just beautiful uses of technology that don't destroy the under underlying core value of the music. Right. Lou's absolutely right. Yes, and I'll tell you for the future of drumming, the the school where I go for my lessons. Uh, opened up for people to come back in safe conditions. I won't go in the building till all the kids are in their band room. And then I'll walk down the hall quickly and go into the room with my teacher. We're on headsets. We're on kits facing each other in a small room with good air. And we, I bring my own headset, my own sticks, of course. And we're about 12 feet apart in this room. And we play. We play duets now. He, he puts on him. I said, what are we doing? He said, okay, today is badass country girl singer day. And he'll, he'll pick a bunch of songs and he'll start playing. And if I know the music, fine. If not, 
that. I just watch him for a second. I pick up the groove, Kevin, and then we just play. If he's playing at, at 1,500 fills per second and I'm doing two per second, that's the speed at which I do it. But we match our kicks, and I love the kit they have there. But anyway, I have no idea why I was talking about this. Oh, I want to tell you that a lot of the kids for the, the kid band, teenage bands, came back. But a lot of the students, guess who has the most students of all at this school? It's the School of Rock. There are a bunch of them around here. Mm-hmm. The drum teacher, my drum teacher, is busy, I think, four days a week. He's got 17 students every week. I don't think the guitar players came back for individual lessons. Everybody wants to be a drummer. Kevin, is this a good thing? What do you think? This is a good thing. I mean, the first instrument that anybody can, the, the archaeological evidence, the first instrument, a drum, we can all do it, right? It's the heartbeat, isn't it? Isn't that it the, is. the, the heartbeat of, <laughs> right, the, the heartbeat beat. we felt in the womb, right? Exactly. The, the heartbeat through the cord and the mother's heartbeat. Can you see the kid in the womb saying, oh, I think I'm going to be a rock and roll drummer. Keep going, mom. Yeah, that would be really cool. So any closing thoughts? I'll give you each one sentence on the future of Lou will make it broad for you. The future of live music. Kevin, the future of live drumming, of acoustic drumming, and Brian, the future of acoustic drumming. One sentence each, or really tight. That's all I got. 30 seconds each. Kevin, go. All right. So the future, one of, music, sentence. The future of music is now, and it's all about using the technology to make that future deliver. Kev, uh, Brian. Uh, the future of, you said acoustic drumming, I yes. think is going to be a lot of these live streams for shows that are going on, that's still happening acoustically. And it's amazing how technology and acoustics collide. Love it. Lou, you get the last word. We got to get back to together again. We got to get rid of this COVID thing and, and get back to being people again. I like it. I can't thank the three of you enough. Let's give a round of applause to Kevin McCollum for putting together this wonderful panel. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, friend. Thank you for my, my, my good friend. You're my new drumming inspiration. Let's get a round of applause for Aaron Keller, my engineer extraordinaire. He calls himself my sidekick, and he earned that the hard way. Let's say thank you to Ryan Treasure, my co-producer at Voice America, for just working with me. And let's do a shout-out to everybody. I will say, if you think... People tell you the future is already here. I want you to look at them sternly in the eye. You could even hit a drumstick and you could say, that was yesterday's future. Today's future, it hasn't happened yet. And we're all here to try and make it a better one. And today we're going to do it musically. So thank you for tuning in. Future of Now, Technology Revolution. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you to my guests. Thank you to all of you who love music. Let's keep the music alive. Stay smart, stay safe, stay savvy, stay savvy. And last of all, stay sane. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.